I'd like to take a moment and have a real heart-to-heart with you. If you're able right now, place your hand over your heart. Can you feel it? That's your heartbeat telling you that you're alive. It's the same for a preborn baby. Their heart begins to form at conception, and at just three weeks, it's already beating. At five weeks, a baby's heartbeat can be heard on ultrasound. And that's why we've partnered with Preborn, because we need to help these precious babies. Every day, Preborn's networks of clinics rescue 200 babies from abortion. When a mother with an unplanned pregnancy meets her baby on ultrasound and hears their heartbeat, it's a divine encounter. That doubles a baby's chances at life. And by six weeks, the eyes are forming. By 10 weeks, a baby is able to suck his or her own thumb. And for just $28, you could be the difference between life or death of a child. All gifts are tax deductible, and I want you to donate. All you have to do is just dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250, keyword baby. You can also donate securely at preborn.com slash verdict. That's preborn.com slash verdict or pound 250 and say the keyword baby. Are you being influenced? If you've watched a blockbuster film in the last decade, there's a chance it's been influenced by the Chinese Communist Party. Here's the reality. The CCP may be running the largest influence campaign in history. In Hollywood Takeover, brought to you by the Epic Times, investigative reporter Tiffany Meyer reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. And for a limited time, you can watch the first 10 minutes for free at HollywoodTakeover.com slash Ben. HollywoodTakeover.com slash Ben. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, everyone. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. It's far easier to slander one's political adversaries and to demand that responsible citizens forfeit their constitutional rights than it is to examine the cultural sickness giving birth to unspeakable acts of evil. It's far less comfortable to ask why despair and isolation and violent hatred is so prevalent in America. It requires a sick soul to drive a truck into a crowded sidewalk, to plan a bomb at a marathon, or to fly a plane into a building. It requires a sick soul to open fire in a movie theater, or in a church, or in a school. A speeding automobile in the hands of a madman is deadly. 
as is a jet airplane. Tragedies like the events of this week are a mirror, forcing us to ask hard questions, demanding that we see where our culture is failing. Looking at broken families, absent fathers, declining church attendance, social media bullying, violent online content, desensitizing the act of murder in video games, chronic isolation. prescription drug and opioid abuse and their collective effects on the psyche of young Americans. Today's episode of Verdict with Ted Cruz is brought to you by IPVanish. Did you know that browsing online using incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? Without added security, you might as well give all your private data away to hackers, advertisers, your internet service provider, and who knows who else. IPVanish helps you securely and privately browse the internet by encrypting 100% of your data. This means that your private messages, passwords, emails, browsing history, and other information will be completely protected from falling into the wrong hands. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. It's that simple. Just for Verdict listeners, IPVanish is offering an insane 70% off their annual plan. That's like getting nine months for free. You have to go directly to IPVanish.com cactus to get this 70% off discount. IPVanish is super easy to use. Just tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. You can use IPVanish on your computers, tablets, and phones. Whether you're at home or in public, don't go online without using IPVanish. Don't forget, Verdict listeners get 70% off the IPVanish annual plan. Just go to IPVanish.com cactus to claim your discount and secure your online life. That's IPVanish.com cactus. This episode of Verdict with Ted Cruz is brought to you by Matt Walsh's new film, the new Daily Wire documentary, What is a Woman? I've been waiting for this film since the day Matt announced it, and it does not disappoint. Radical gender ideology is corrupting our nation right now. It's seeping into our children's classrooms as young as kindergarten and preschool. It's it's even poisoned corporate culture. We see Disney and their, their queerness agenda that they're inserting into their children's programming. This has become a cultural phenomenon that is assaulting women that is trying to erase biological women. And so Matt Walsh is is fighting this fight. He he goes on a global, on a world tour asking a very simple question. What is a woman? And fortunately, he took a film crew with him. So we all get to come on this journey with him. And you will be shocked to hear how many people can't answer what you would think is a very simple question. Or they have a very warped, twisted idea of what a woman is. The leftists in this film actually admit to Matt Walsh what their ulterior motive is, what their underlying agenda is. You will laugh, you will cry, you will scream probably all at once. I highly recommend this film. It's available for Daily Wire subscribers only. Go to whatisawoman.com whatisawoman.com and join Matt on this cultural battle, whatisawoman.com. This episode of Verdict with Ted Cruz is brought to you by American Hartford Gold. Now, the new inflation numbers are out, and I think we can all agree they are incredibly depressing. The price of gas is way up. The price of housing is up. The U.S. national debt is way, way, way up. And unfortunately, given the way that our current administration prints money and spends money, experts don't see this going away, this inflation going away anytime soon. So how do you protect your money? your savings, your retirement from inflation. Well, when times are turbulent, Americans like you turn 
to physical gold and silver. And American Hartford Gold can show you how to hedge your hard-earned savings against inflation by diversifying a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. And it's really easy to get started. All it takes is a short phone call and they will have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or if you prefer inside your 401k or your IRA. They make it easy. If you call them right now, then they will give you up to $1,500 of free silver on your first order. So don't wait, call them right now. Call 855-768-1883. Or if you prefer texting, you can text the word cactus to 65532. Again, the phone number is 855-768-1883 or text the word cactus to 65532. Welcome to Verdict with Ted Cruz. I'm Michael Knowles. We've just had the NRA convention Uh, This was obviously very controversial, major calls from the left to uh, regulate guns and ban all sorts of guns, uh, this after the shooting in Uvalde. I have to point out, a lot of people dropped out of the NRA convention. Uh, Governor Abbott dropped out, Senator Cornyn dropped out, Congressman Dan Crenshaw dropped out, Dan Patrick, I think, dropped out, the lieutenant governor of Texas. A lot of people dropped out. Senator, you did not. You showed up. You gave a robust defense of the Second Amendment. I'm not saying it to flatter you, and you know that I hate to compliment you. You gave what I thought was a really, really powerful and important speech. I I, I thought it was important to be there. Um, I was disappointed to see so many others make the decision not to be there, Um, in part because the, the media narrative that comes out of horrific crimes, horrific mass murders, Within seconds, the media immediately wants to politicize them and use them to advance their longstanding political agenda that they had moments before the murder occurred. And in this instance, the media and the Democrats, they want to label anyone who believes in the Second Amendment, anyone who defends the Second Amendment, as responsible for this horrific crime. And and the NRA in particular is, is probably their favorite boogeyman. Donald Trump spoke as well. He and I spoke back to back um, and I, ch- I chatted with Trump uh, right before he went on stage and, and thanked him for coming. And, and you know, I said, look, uh, it was important that you came. It was important that you didn't back out. Thank you for being here. And, and he, he, of course, agreed. And he had, uh, let me just say, some choice words uh, <laughs> for some of the folks who chose not to be there. Um, you know, they, they, they were with classic... Uh, Trump understatement. Uh, he, he expressed his views on that topic. Well, th- there's an irony here, which is why I, I really appreciated your speech. Uh, I, I've got to cut it out with the compliments for you. You know, this is the last episode <laughs> and we'll get back to criticism next time. But I really appreciated it because when whenever anyone brings up cultural factors, something other than guns in any of these tragedies. What the left says is, well, you're just evading the question. You're just trying to distract from the real issue, which is guns. We've gone through all of these statistics. I I don't see any reason to rehash them now. So, all right, we've addressed the gun part. Why are you not allowing us to address the fatherlessness part? Why are you not allowing us to address the social isolation? Why are you not allowing us to address the decline in religion and faith and going to church? Why, are, why, are, why is that the part that we're not allowed to address? It seems to me that that's far more the common thread here, even than the guns. You know, I, I will say the speech that I, that I gave was very different from the speech I'd planned to give. Um, mm-hmm. I've spoken at a lot of NRA conventions. Uh, I know how to give a, you know, barn burner of a speech. And so I decided instead 
to give what I hope was was a thoughtful, serious speech on the nature of evil. That, 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 that was the entire topic of my speech, both the nature of evil, why it is that we have mass murderers. We have people who commit horrific crimes, whether it's shooting a, a school or shooting a church or shooting a movie theater, or you, or you have people that, that, you know, commit crimes driving a truck into a Christmas parade, murdering uh, six people, or, or, or setting off a bomb at the Boston Marathon. I mean, we are seeing sick homicidal people. Many of the times they are young, disaffected men who are alienated, who are isolated, who are, who are angry, the per capita rate of gun ownership in 1972 was 43% in America. The per capita rate of gun ownership in 2021, 49 years later, is 42%. Hmm. It's identical. The same percentage of Americans own firearms today as did 50 years ago. So that hasn't changed. It's not like in 1970, people didn't have firearms. You had the exact same percentage of Americans owning firearms. What's changed is the culture, the loss of faith, the loss of family. And, and by the way, the left, you know, when I talked about, you know, homes without fathers in them, and, and so many of these mass murders are raised with absent fathers, often criminal fathers or abusive fathers, but absent fathers, Virtually all of them. Yeah. Virtually every single one of these shootings involves a father outside the home. You know, it was interesting seeing some of the reactions of the left because it's almost pathological where they come back and attack me and said, well, Cruz is attacking single moms. No, I'm not. Yeah, right. I'm saying that kids do better with dads. I, look, I've got a family that has a lot of single moms in them. Single moms are heroic and and extraordinary people. I just wish there didn't have to be so many single moms. I wish moms had the help of a father who was a husband and a, a loving helpmate in, in raising children that, that are, are loved and appreciated and valued and not psychopathic monsters. I always thought the gun control arguments were incoherent from the same people who tell us that the cops are racist and they go around plucking off people, innocent people, because of their skin color. The cops are racist. The cops are terrible. That's why they should have all the guns. That never made a lot of sense. But now in the wake of the shooting in Texas, you're hearing many people say that the police response was incompetent, that the police response was cowardly. Again, I'm sure there will be an investigation to go through what actually happened there. But if that is the case, you're telling me that that we can't rely on the cops to protect ourselves. So isn't that an even more robust defense of self-defense, of the Second Amendment, of our right to keep and bear arms in America? The whole I'm just really glad that you stood up and you didn't let them bully you and you didn't you, you didn't cancel the speech, because I think it's it's a message that people really needed to hear. Michael, the point you're making there also is is an important one, which is if you look in the last couple of years, we've seen gun ownership going up. And one of the major causes of that was in 2020, the Antifa and Black Lives Matter riots all across the country where you had Democratic politicians that refused to enforce the law, that ordered the police to stand down, that wouldn't protect people's homes, that wouldn't protect people's businesses, that wouldn't stop looters, that wouldn't stop uh, firebombs from being thrown, that allowed lawless rioters to declare so-called autonomous zones, the, the, <laughs> right, the Chaz right. and the Chad, um, for weeks on end. 
Um, when you have Democrat politicians who say we won't let the police protect you, it's not surprising that people make the decision, well, heck, I, I'm going to protect myself. If there's going to be a mob in the street with violence uh, as their objective, especially if the cops aren't there to protect me, that's that's when I definitely need to keep my my family safe. And, and all the more irony that these same politicians who were singing the praises of violent rioters and people committing assaults and firebombings and even murders. You know, these Democrat politicians, Kamala Harris raised money to bail these violent rioters out of jail. And now they're suddenly saying how morally righteous they are because they're opposed to crime. Well, you, you, you don't get to have it both ways. You don't get to celebrate violent criminals and then say, oh, by the way, you guys can't defend yourself when those violent criminals commit horrific acts that that unfortunately their relentless anti-police rhetoric helped fuel and cause. Speaking of corruption in the criminal justice system, I do have to get your take on something on a completely separate topic that just came out today, though, which is the, the case of Michael Sussman, yeah. this Clinton lawyer who lied to the, the FBI, who planted the whole Russia hoax, apparently at the direction of Hillary Clinton. We saw the evidence. We saw the, the correspondence. And yet today, the judge let the guy off the hook. I should clarify, too, it wasn't just the judge that let him off the hook. It was it was the jury, apparently. Too. Yeah, so it's yeah. not it's not all the judge's fault. Well, and, and it's, you know, the facts of it, this lawyer worked for Hillary Clinton's campaign's law firm, and he reached out to the FBI and said, hey, I've got information that that Trump is involved with the Alpha Bank in Russia and the Trump campaign is colluding with Russia. And and he goes out of his way to say, I'm not doing this on behalf of any client. I'm not I'm not working for anyone. I'm just being a good citizen. I'm just a good <laughs> Samaritan. I love America. Rah, rah, rah. Um, so he reaches out to the top brass at the FBI under Obama and, and meets with them and, and affirmatively represents them. Now, what he told them was nonsense, and it was the beginning of the whole Russia hoax and, and all of that nonsense. But his statement, I'm not doing it on behalf of any client, was a flat-out lie. He, he was doing it on behalf of the Hillary Clinton campaign and the DNC. And, of course, being a lawyer, he billed for it. So he literally sent the Hillary wow. Clinton campaign a bill charging his time for the time meeting with the FBI to tell them about the Russia hoax when he told the FBI he wasn't doing it on behalf of a client. Somehow the client, he certainly was going to get paid for it because he is a lawyer after all. If, if you're going to be implicated in a, in a crime, don't you think it's worth taking that, you know, 18 minutes on the arm? Do you really need to charge in the six minute increments for when you're committing a crime? So I will confess, Michael, when I was practicing law and, and one of the things I do not miss about private practice is having to think of my day in six minute increments. <laughs> I would literally take a, a legal brief or a case with me when I went to the restroom because I'd stand at the urinal and be reading because <laughs> I wanted a bill for the time. And, and, and it is I, I, I understand that sentiment. Yep. Uh, and by the way, there'd be three three other lawyers standing there holding a brief re reading at the urinal, too, because none of us wanted to miss billing the time. Two things on the Sussman case. Number one, the judge severely limited what the prosecutors could introduce into evidence. 
So they severely limited the broader context of what the Clinton campaign was doing, pushing the Russia hoax and everything they were doing in the press, that this was part of a long concerted scheme. The judge kept almost all of that out, and it was a very Mm -hmm. circumscribed, narrow, factual you said X, was X true, is, is how the prosecutor had to present it to the jury. Um, I think there are real questions that should be asked why the judge was keeping all that context out. What it did is it protected Hillary Clinton like crazy. Like all of the judge's orders basically kept the Hillary campaign directly from being implicated and just had one rogue lawyer, well, you're going to be in trouble. But then the jury, look, the jury is from the District of Columbia. District of Columbia votes, you know, 90 percent plus Democrat. Um, I have not studied all of the factual evidence introduced in trial, but it certainly raises an eyebrow uh, that this is a jury that in all likelihood voted for Hillary Clinton and hates Donald Trump. And, And we have seen in cases that are brought in D.C., we've seen them be political the other way, that they're quite happy to throw the book at someone if they disagree with the politics of it. It certainly raises a real question uh, in this case, whether at least some members of the jury didn't happen to just uh, like the politics of the guy who was violating the law. It just makes people think that there are two separate justice systems, you know, that we hear ad nauseum about a guy who cracks a Coors Light in the Capitol Rotunda. He's the worst terrorist insurrectionist in the history of our country. Throw him in in isolated, uh, an isolated cell and throw away the key. Meanwhile, you've got a guy who at the direction of the Democrat presidential nominee is lying to the FBI about a matter of what could potentially be national security and then undermining, trying to rig a presidential election, undermining the actual presidency. And the guy gets off the hook and the campaign gets off the hook. And you think, where's the justice? Well, and I'll tell you what is really worrisome is, is I'm concerned that, that Merrick Garland, the attorney general, is going to use this verdict as an excuse to fire John Durham. Like they mm. want to end this investigation. It, it, it's the one sort of lingering that they want to sweep under the rug uh, what is coming. You know, my next book that's coming out in September is called Justice Corrupted, uh, how the left uh, politicized our legal system. And then it talks at great length about how Barack Obama and now Joe Biden are using the legal system to target their political enemies. It talks about what you just said the differential treatment used to January 6th defendants compared to the violent rioters in Antifa and Black Lives Matter riots. And and I've been pressing this Justice Department for over a year on that. And they just stonewall. They refuse to answer questions. They refuse even the the, the barest oversight. Um, And and you're right. It does suggest that uh, there is a disparate, partisan, uneven enforcement of justice, number one. But number two, I'm very concerned that that Garland will use this as an excuse mm. to say, OK, Durham's done. And and that would be terrible if that happens. But but I, I think that is a very real possibility because there is no doubt the Biden White House wants the Durham investigation over yesterday. I suppose my fear then, though, is let's say Durham gets to keep pursuing the investigation. 
do we have any hope for justice? I mean, I, we thought Durham had this guy. We thought Durham had the, the Clinton campaign. And so if, if he couldn't get Sussman, is there is there any hope that we're ever going to see any justice, even if Durham does get to keep his job? Well, I, I don't know. I think there is power to sunlight and transparency and exposing mm. the crimes. Um, you know, if you think about Crossfire Hurricane and, and the absolute illegal abuses of power carried out by the Obama Justice Department, they never thought they'd get caught. They thought Hillary would win, in which case it would all be buried and nothing would come come to light. It's only the accident uh, from their perspective that, that their candidate, who they were trying to do everything they could to ensure she won, lost, that you suddenly had uh, the mechanism in place to provide at least some modicum of sunlight. Well, there shockingly is a little bit of justice coming out of a liberal institution in America. I wanted to get your thoughts on it. Have you seen Top Gun yet? I have. I saw it yesterday. It is awesome. It, it is spectacular. Did you see the back of the jacket? They put Taiwan back. They put Taiwan back. They put Japan back. And, and this is fantastic. All right. So folks who, who don't know the backstory of this, when when the Top Gun sequel was being made, they edited the back of Maverick's jacket. And the back of Maverick's jacket had the Taiwanese flag and the Japanese flag, and, and they erased it. They took them out. And so in the trailer that came out, oh, I don't know, a year ago, the two flags were gone. And, and it was obvious why they did so, which is that they were worried about the Chinese censors. And the Chinese censors don't refuse to acknowledge that Taiwan exists. And so Hollywood was trying to sell the movie in China. It's a big movie market. Um, I actually introduced legislation uh, to address Chinese censorship of American movies. And it's legislation that's called the Script Act. And what the Script Act says is that, so a lot of movies, and Top Gun's a great example, a lot of movies use U.S. government assets. So Top Gun used F-18s, it used aircraft carriers, it used, right. you know, billions of dollars of federal government assets to make the movie. And, and that happens a lot. Anytime you're using military equipment, anytime you're at the Border Patrol, there are lots of times where you're using government assets to make a movie. And what the Script Act says is that no movie maker could use federal government assets if they allow the Chinese communist government to censor their movie. So it doesn't try to prevent if you want to let the Chinese censor you, you can. But the federal government is not going to subsidize your efforts to produce Chinese uh, censored movies uh, by allowing you access to federal government assets. I stood on the Senate floor and I lit into Hollywood over exactly this issue. Top Gun censoring the jacket on the back of uh, uh, Maverick's jacket. I said, look, you know, now Maverick is afraid of the Chinese communists. What the hell have we come to? <laughs> and I got to say, it was beautiful yesterday watching the movie. He pulls on the jacket and there they were, the Taiwanese flag and the Japanese flag. I don't ever say this, but 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 Paramount Pictures did the right thing. I don't ever praise Hollywood, but but they grew a backbone and they stood up to the Chinese communist and amen, hallelujah, Top Gun, kill the bad guys, awesome movie. Well, it might have been a little, little bit of stick as well as a little bit of carrot. You know, if you're proposing legislation that says we're going to make it much harder for you to make these movies if you throw us and our allies under the bus, I don't want to sound cynical here or jaded, 
maybe that had something to do with the decision. By the way, do you know how they do the aerial scenes in Top Gun? So I watched a couple of days ago a thing on YouTube where they were describing it. So they're in actual F-18s. And essentially, when they're in the aerial seats, the actors are in the second seat. So the front, you know, mm. there are two seats in an F-18. The front seat is the pilot. It is the, the actual, presumably, Navy pilot um, who's flying the jet and doing all the maneuvers. And in the second seat is the actor who's meant to be the pilot. But all of the, like, face being smushed back, those are real G-forces. I mean, they're like... They're going through all, all of that. And what's fake is when they're moving the stick up and down and the controls, they don't actually have the controls. It's the real pilot doing it. But it is real that they're in the F-18 and the footage is actual fighter jets flying through the air. I and mean, it's really cool. I don't doubt anything that Tom Cruise does in movies. I'm expecting him to walk on Mars in in the next Top Gun. So that'll be something to look forward to. Senator, uh, before I let you go, I, I do have to get to, speaking of Hollywood, some criticism that has come out from you. Verdict has been in the news everywhere. My, I get alerts for this show. The alerts have been blowing up. You got in big, big trouble, sir, because you made the audacious claim that you like... Uh, hot women. You made the claim that some women are beautiful. You didn't understand how the guy from SNL could pick up the hot chicks. So uh, amid all of the barrage of criticism from the liberal media here, do you still stand by that outrageous statement? Beautiful women are awesome. Uh, <laughs> I will say I was amused to see Verdict became uh, the subject of The View. They sat there and, 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 and you know, were blasting us for the, for that segment and in particular so i you know i talked about how did pete davidson get get uh kate beckesdale i guess it's beckesdale there's no d in it so i mispronounced mm -hmm. her name um and they went on and 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 uh you know the the women on the view were attacking me i think they said i was creepy and gross or i don't know it was some sort of some sort of insults, which which I couldn't help but respond. Well, you know, from from such noted experts on sex appeal <laughs> as 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 Whoopi Goldberg and Anna Navarro, Joy I'm, I'm really glad to get their views. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, all right, so this weekend, um, we had my family in town because we were celebrating. Uh, Caroline, my eighth grader, graduated eighth grade, going into ninth grade. And so we were celebrating that, but my dad was very unhappy about that segment. So he was in, my dad was in town this weekend. He was very unhappy. And he mm -hmm. was like, you really shouldn't be talking about those things. You were talking about hot vampire women. I, I don't think my dad's seen Underworld. And, and, and he was like, why are you talking about hot vampire women? And, and you know, my father in a Cuban accent, and he's a, a preacher, but he was, he was dismayed. And I'm like, have you not watched Underworld? Because, like... Yeah. That's objective truth as a defense. I actually don't even really get the views criticism because, you know, of course, if you had if you had said that the women were not beautiful, they'd call you a misogynist and a terrible. They'd find some way to hit you kind of damned if you do and damned if you don't. But are we at the point of society right now where we're not even allowed to embrace objective standards? We're not even allowed to say that beautiful women are beautiful. What what have we succumbed to? And, and by the way, my point was just there's a mismatch that Pete Davidson seems to be batting out of his league. Look, if Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise dates hot women, of course. I mean, the guy's Tom friggin' Cruise like that. You know, mm -hmm. Brad Pitt, you know, you, you understand, Michael, I will tell you my favorite 
toast. God bless right. nearsighted women. <laughs> that's that's maybe that explains it. That might actually maybe Kim Kardashian and all the rest of them, maybe they just need glasses. Uh, before we go, I also have to get to some mailbag, Senator, because we've got very, very good questions, as we always do, from our verdict listeners. If you haven't subscribed yet, subscribe. What are you waiting for? Go head on over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, YouTube. You can join the Verdict Plus community. Just click, subscribe, leave a 75-star review. Uh, this question does relate to gun control. This is from Long Ethernet. Will the Supreme Court strike down standard capacity firearm magazine bans, so greater than 10 rounds, say, from California and Washington? Um, I think there's certainly a possibility. There's ongoing litigation on that. Um, the, the test that, that comes from the Heller case, which was the case, Heller versus District of Columbia, that, that first clearly established and upheld the Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms, uh, laid out a test about whether a weapon, and the same would apply to ammunition, uh, is in common usage uh, for self-defense uh, by American citizens. Uh, in that instance, what the court struck down in D.C. was a ban on handguns uh, and and on functioning long guns, on, on rifles and, and uh, shotguns, both of which were required to be disassembled or have tr trigger locks on them at all times. Um, the argument with regard to ammunition would be the same thing, that it is in common usage uh, by individuals to, to defend their homes and defend their families. Um, that's being litigated. My recollection is I think the California ban had been struck down in federal court, although I'm not mm -hmm. following the lit litigation closely. So that's a fuzzy recollection that may or may not be right. Um, whether the court takes it. Um, hmm. Typically, the court will wait for what's called a circuit split to take a case. So the Supreme Court's general view on, on its docket is that it doesn't engage in error correction. So even if there's a decision of the court below that it thinks is wrong, its job is not to correct wrong decisions. Hmm. Um, its job instead is to ensure uniformity of federal law that the answer to a question of law, a federal law, be the same in one part of the country as it is elsewhere, that there not be a patch, patchwork quilt of different legal standards. So for the court to grant a case, there's got to be in almost all circumstances what they call a circuit split, which is multiple courts of appeals addressing the same legal question and coming to different outcomes. And if there's a circuit split, if it's significant and consequential, and if the case provides a good vehicle to address it, then in those instances, the court is likely to take it. Right now, there's a pending Second Amendment case before the Supreme Court out of New York, uh, dealing with New York's restrictions on uh, carrying guns. And it, it's an argument about the right to keep and bear arms, and in particular, the right to bear arms, not just to have them in your home, but to actually to carry them for self-defense, that's going to be expected to be one of the big blockbuster decisions in the next month. Um, on the extended magazine size, I don't know if there's a circuit split right now. If there isn't, my guess is the court would wait until a circuit split developed. That makes sense. You had mentioned earlier in the 
conversation about wh- why these shootings appear to be more prominent now, more prevalent. There's issues beyond the guns, one of which is family breakdown. So we have a question from Ben who asks, would you support a Hungary-style family incentive program? So throughout the West, uh, the birth rates have plummeted. We're, we're below replacement now. Families are falling apart. Uh, and uh, Hungary has implemented programs to incentivize people to get married, to have families, to create kids. These are tax incentives, various government subsidies. And it appears to have worked, at least modestly, although I know a lot of conservatives recoil at the idea of, of government basically paying you to have kids. What's your take? Um, look, I think the objective is a good objective. I would be skeptical of that particular means for implementing it. Um, I think when it comes to federal policy, we should work to limit the harmful consequences. So there have long been disincentives for marriages, uh, what's called the marriage penalty. And I think our tax laws should not disincentivize marriage. Um, there are also work disincentives. So you look at how some of the welfare programs work where people at certain income thresholds, if they go get a job, they end up functionally paying over 100 percent in taxes because they right. lose more government benefits than they earn in their job. Those negative tax implications are really, really problematic. So so I think we should not be disincentivizing strong family units. Um Look, at some level, we do things like we have child tax credits, uh, which are designed to make it easier for families to raise kids. I think those make sense and are an important part of the tax code. Um, You know, I have also seen different proposals for things like a universal savings account for each newborn child, that, 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 that potentially the government would populate, you have a baby and there's a savings account uh, that is populated with a couple thousand dollars that grows and, and, and it gains in value during the child's life. Some of those ideas I think are interesting. I don't know that they're fully baked yet, but I think they're mm-hmm. interesting ideas to, to think about. Um, I think I would be hesitant to engage in the sort of micro social engineering. I, I don't know a lot of details about the Hungary in uh, program, but just as you described it, I, I think there'd be a danger of screwing things up. I think we ought to be doing more to encourage strong families in churches and communities in the private sector. Um, I don't know that we should be entrusting Joe Biden and Kamala Harris with that. Right. There, there is also a middle ground where one could trust the laboratories of democracy. And you see yeah. if uh, some sort of program like this works in a state. If it does, great. You consider it at the federal level. And if it doesn't, well, you know, too bad for you, Colorado or whatever state. Probably not Colorado would try it out. But, uh, but that, yeah, it's a, very, it's a very measured take on things. Uh, finally, Senator, very important question from Chris. What is the airspeed velocity of an unladen swallow? Blue or black? There's no way that I can uh, really even clarify this question without falling into all sorts of political incorrectness from Monty Python. So I suppose we should probably just leave it there. Uh, there is, of course, a, a more more to discuss for the verdict listeners, and that is on The Cloakroom with Liz Wheeler. Liz, what will you be talking about? Hi, Michael. Hi, Senator. We're going to build this week on last week's episode of Cloakroom, where we talked about the police response or lack thereof 
uh, in the in Uvalde at the shooting at the elementary school. This week, we're going to talk about a legal principle underpinning the law enforcement response. It's called public duty doctrine, and it's been held by the Supreme Court that police officers, law enforcement officers, actually have no legal duty to respond or to be dispatched or to aid in in any situation, any circumstance, that they can't be held liable for that. And we're going to talk a little bit about this legal principle because it's kind of shocking, right? It, it sounds very it sounds very shocking that police who we count on to respond in emergencies actually have no duty to respond. We're going to talk about how that applies here and uh, how that can be addressed legally to prevent anything like this from happening again in the future. You can join us uh, for The Cloakroom on Verdict Plus. Go to verdictwithtedcruz.com slash plus. You can use my promo code cloakroom to get one month free on your annual subscription. That's verdictwithtedcruz.com slash plus. Promo code cloakroom. Excellent. There are so many opportunities to subscribe. If you haven't done it already, I implore you, I beseech you, go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, Google Play, MySpace, AOL Instant Messenger. I don't know anywhere. Subscribe to Verdict. Senator, thank you as always. I'm Michael Knowles. This is Verdict with Ted Cruz. This episode of Verdict with Ted Cruz is being brought to you by Jobs, Freedom, and Security PAC, a political action committee dedicated to supporting conservative causes, organizations, and candidates across the country. In 2022, Jobs, Freedom, and Security PAC plans to donate to conservative candidates running for Congress and help the Republican Party across the nation. Hollywood is under siege from an external force. The same Hollywood that sold the American dream is now making nightmares a reality. Many major films make choices to appease the Chinese Communist Party to be distributed in China. Join Tiffany Meyer, an investigative reporter in Hollywood Takeover, brought to you by the Epic Times, where she reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free at hollywoodtakeover.com slash Ben. hollywoodtakeover.com slash Ben. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ben Ferguson here. And if you're an accredited investor, U.S. oil and gas should be a part of your investment portfolio. And I want you to visit LabradorEnergy.com. Beyond the possibility to invest in a sector that historically delivers sound returns, when you invest with Labrador Energy, you may be able to structure your investments to offset active or passive income. According to many sources, U.S. oil and gas drilling remains one of the best tax-advantaged income investments available. Visit Labrador Energy. You may be able to reduce your tax liability while investing in a sector that historically delivers sound returns. Learn more now at LabradorEnergy.com today. Offer for accredited investors only. Past performance is no indication of future results. Investing involves risk. Consult your legal, tax, and financial advisors and read the prospectus before making any investment decisions. Visit LabradorEnergy.com for the prospectus and more information.
Two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? Well, you could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. This new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable, so you can run big appliances like your fridge even longer. And best of all, the new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans already trust Patriot Power Generators. So go to the number four, patriots.com slash verdict to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included for free. Go right now to the number four, patriots.com slash verdict.